This is Bangarang Radio, a podcast network. For more shows, visit bangarangradio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. So, I see three or four people are excited. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so here it goes. I don't know what else to say about this next song except that it's the first one on the album. Enjoy. To Pop Punk and Pizza here on BangarangRadio.com. I am Jacques Lamour, your host, and that clip that you were just listening to or watching was Real Big Fish playing in Palatine, Illinois on October 30th at Dirty Nelly's, part of their 20th anniversary tour for Turn the Radio Off. And uh, I went to the show, obviously. That was just a crappy little video from my phone. It wasn't like anything high quality, but I just kind of wanted to. I thought it was a good way to start off the show today, considering that their trumpet player, Johnny Christmas, is our special guest today, which I was super excited to uh, interview. All I did was uh, shot Real Big Fish an email, shot their uh, management and their PR people an email saying, hey, uh, is it possible to get an interview with Real Big Fish to talk about you know, their 20th anniversary tour of uh, Turn the Radio Off? Got an email back right away. And they said, yes, they'd be interested. Let's set something up. And we ended up working something out this past week. Um, and as you can see, I'm actually um, recording this little intro right now during Halloween. My tie is uh, is Nightmare Before Christmas. Anyway, I hope you had a great Halloween. <laughs> um, but there's so much uh, that Johnny and I talked about uh, in the interview that we're not going to have pop punk and news this uh, episode, which I'm sure you're fine with because you'd much rather hear what Johnny has to say. And he had a lot of stuff to say. Super nice guy. Um, had a great conversation with him. I actually met him a couple times before at Real Big Fish shows because I've seen Real Big Fish several times. One of my biggest uh, influences in my musical career and the reason why I love music so much because not only are they amazing at their instruments and write great songs, they're just very entertaining. And that's something that's hard to capture is write great music and also be great at entertainment. Some people can just obtain one or the other, but they have definitely obtained both and put them together and uh, they're glued together for life. So anyway, uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Johnny Christmas, the trumpet player of uh, Real Big Fish. Enjoy. Hello. Hey, this is Johnny Christmas from Rubbing Fish. Johnny, how are you, man? I am spectacular. How are you? I'm doing great now. <laughs> 
that's what I like to hear. <laughs> well, hey, man, you always put a smile on my face every time I see you, so. Oh, well, that, that's good. I'm not sure how I do that, but I'll, I'll keep it up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're one of the, the most, uh, you know, friendliest guys of the bunch, you know? Uh, that, that definitely could be. Are you disagreeing with me? No, 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 absolutely not. No, no, I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> that I'm wired that way, and and I'm old enough to know that not everybody is that way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, I get you, man. Wait, you're in in Illinois, right? Yes, yeah, I'm uh, just south of Chicago. Nice. Yeah, my man. grandfather, uh, and and my dad was born in Midlothian. Illinois. No way. Yeah, that's like south suburbs. And uh, I have no idea what Midlothian looks like. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... How do I even describe Midlothian? It's... To me, it doesn't look like anything too spectacular. It's it's one of those um, suburbs that just kind of like intertwines with a bunch of other, um, you know, cities and in, in the south side of Chicago, you know, Um yeah, but uh, yeah, well, they they moved they moved away in 1949, and I guess there was a reason for it. Oh, <laughs> oh well, I mean, there could have been. I'm not saying Midlothian is bad. Actually, I was just uh, there a week or two ago. I tried out this new rest, Italian restaurant up there. I think it was ca- called uh, uh-huh. Bordellini's or Bartolini's or something. It was really good. So, I mean, there's great yeah. things in Midlothian. So, oh, good, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> I think my grandfather worked construction. He was a carpenter. Okay, and uh, he. He couldn't handle the cold weather anymore, which I, I don't blame him. I can't hold handle the cold weather either. Oh, it's so brutal, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, we did a, a show in in Minneapolis. Okay. And uh, we, we were we were heading out to go uh, play Moscow for the first time after that tour. Uh-huh. And so we went, and uh, myself and the tour manager, and we went to this Army Navy store to buy coats, to buy really heavy jackets. And the, the 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 person behind the counter, this this lady, she said, "Oh, you're gonna get a, have to get the biggest jacket you possibly can for for Russia." And I, you know, I know she was just trying to upsell us. But when we went to Russia, the winter was way worse in Minneapolis than it ever was uh, than we experienced in Moscow. Now that's hilarious. <laughs> that, that's saying something because you think Moscow, you think, oh my gosh, you know, winters in Russia have to be so bad because that's how they're portrayed and on TV and film and all that stuff. Yep. Well, I am so so excited to welcome the uh, trumpet player of Real Big Fish here to Pop Pumpkin Pizza on BangerangRadio.com. Uh, you may know him as uh, Johnny Christmas, or you may know him as John Christensen. You probably don't get uh, John Christensen too often, right? No, it's too hard to say. There's too many syllables. <laughs> there is, especially uh, if you've been drinking. Yeah, exactly. I have a three-year-old daughter, and it's a mouthful for her. So Christmas, you can say. It's, it's easy. So we keep it to the level of a three-year-old. Okay, I like that. I like that. Hey, uh, well, congratulations. I know she's three years old, but still, congratulations on uh, on, you. on your newborn. Well, not newborn anymore, but you get what I'm saying. Either way, congratulations. Um, that's got to be. Thank uh, you very much. That's got to be hard uh, having a family and uh, being on the road all the time. It is, and she's sick right now. She's got strep throat, and Ooh. my wife is uh, at home. She had to pick up a work. Uh, to uh, take Olivia to the doctor. And so part of me feels bad for not being there and being able to help out. And then 
the the other part of me loves what I do. Uh, we are so lucky to get to do what we get to do, to be in the band that we are in. Um, it's, a, it's a real privilege if you can keep some uh, perspective on it. And, uh, you know, our job is to make people happy. And what better of a job could you have than to make people happy for a living? Yeah, and you guys do it so well. In my opinion, anyway. You you, you would think after 26 years that you'd be able to get it right. (laughs) I would think so. I mean, I've been following following Real Big Fish since I was, oh, let's see, about eight or nine years old. So we're talking like 98, 99. So it was before you were in the band. And, um, yep. and the first Real Big Fish show I ever saw was in 2011, or 2001. I was 11 years old. It was actually the first concert that I'd ever experienced in general, like any kind of rock, punk, ska music. It was just oh, wow. my, yeah, my first concert. And it was with uh, Goldfinger and they had, oh, um, yeah. they had Zebrahead opening up on that show. Yeah. That's the crouching, tide, crouching finger, hidden dragon. Wow. Tour, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, wow. <laughs> I, 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 that, that was my first Real Big Fish show, too, was on that tour. Oh, no shit. I, uh, Derek Gibbs, our, our bass player now, uh, was subbing for Matt Wong because Matt Wong had to go to a wedding. Like, for some reason, he would go to a wedding for two weeks and ask Derek to come out and play for him for two weeks. Oh, wow. And, which is awesome because the reason why I'm in the band is because of Derek. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they played at the Grove in Anaheim, and Joe said, come on. It, it, it was, uh, he played his last show the night before, and he was coming to the show, and Matt Long was playing again. So I got to watch the band. I got to watch Goldfinger. I got to watch Zebrahead. It, it was awesome. It was uh, just an incredible show. I agree. I was blown away, being, you know, being 11 years old, being at, you know, like my first rock uh, genre concert. Obviously, Real Big Fish isn't necessarily rock, but it's a form of rock, right? Um, yeah. And uh, so it was. It was funny. I remember Aaron wearing these black pants with big stars on them. They were like silver or white, I think. And uh, th- this, uh-huh. of course, I saw him at the the Chicago show. It was at Congress Theater, which is no longer an oh, op- yeah. operation. And I know you've played there oh, when you've been gone? in the band. What's that? Oh, that. That that venue was gone. The Congress was gone. Well, it's still there, but it's not an operation right now. I don't know. They've they had a, a bunch of like code violations and things like that because they weren't um, oh. keeping oh, the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you knew from going there because um, I mean the place is like oh. it's falling apart. Yeah, that venue is so awesome and scary. So it you know it's a theater that's a hundred years old at least. And it, it's a, a real theater theater. So it's got the five-story tall uh, uh, roof uh, to hang curtains and stuff for actual, uh, like, uh, uh, doing musicals and plays and stuff. So you can walk up there uh, all the way up to the top, and then there's a catwalk that goes across all five stories with, you know, it's, you can barely sit through it. And it's five stories straight down, and it leads you right to the top side of the dome uh, that's there at the Congress. So you can see the dome from the inside of the building. Whoa. And there is uh, a ladder and uh, that you can climb on top of the dome, 
And there was no way in hell that I was going to do that. <laughs> wow. No I didn't... way oh, no. was I going to fall to my death through the top of the dome at the Congress Theater. Hey, at least... That place was so sketchy. Oh, it was sketchy. But it's so cool, like you said, at the same time. Really cool historic venue, but they just were not keeping it up to date and, you know, remodel, remodeling it properly and things like that. But yeah. uh, I've always wanted to see, the, like, the insides of it, like you were just describing, and that sounds super cool, And uh, but, yeah, super scary. It is. <laughs> it is really creepy, and I think my life was in a lot of danger at that moment. <laughs> probably just being, probably just from even being on that catwalk. Yeah, or being in the building, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that too, that too. I mean, even in, you know, 2001, you know, it was uh, decapitating. And I think by the time you got there, I guess it wasn't too many years after that. It was probably like 2005 or four or something, because you joined the band in 04, right? In 04, yeah. The first thing I did was record uh, We're Not Happy Till You're Not Happy. Yes. And my first show was at Cornell University with Dashboard Confessional. Oh wow, that's so cool! And now they're uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, now they're they're back in action, doing some awesome stuff too. Uh, isn't the lead singer the singer of Blink One Eighty Two now? Or is that somebody else? I'm thinking somebody else. No, you're thinking of Matt Matt Skiba, right? Is that who you're talking oh, okay. about? Yeah, yeah. from uh, Alkaline yeah. Trio. Ah, uh, yes, that's it. Yeah, I get those two bands mixed up. For some hey, reason. hey, it's cool. Um, so. I uh, I gotta say, um, you know, congratulations on you know being in the band for so long, and thanks for honestly, I want to say thank you uh, for sticking around. Um, I've loved watching you and Real Big Fish ever since you joined the band, and uh, between you and Aaron, you guys are now the oldest members, I think, in the band, right? You're the second uh, that's been there the yeah. longest. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy to think about. I've it, been in the band for thirteen years, I think. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, Sorry, go ahead. A quarter of my life, which which, which is bizarre to think about, (laughs) that I've been doing this for a quarter of my life. Yeah, it is. And Aaron's been doing it for over half of his life. Yeah, right. More bizarre. But but the fortunate thing about about him is is he gets better and better over the years. Uh, He he does it right. Uh, And uh, so the the show that you saw in 2001 isn't the show that you'll see in 2015 uh, because we're better musicians. Uh, and better performers, better at... Uh, the, the show is much different now than it was in 2001. There's a, a, a lot less uh, nonsense, shall I say? Uh, <laughs> well, I know uh, there was some stuff uh, that happened behind the scenes with members before, but now it seems like everyone's pretty tight with each other. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, when you start a band when you're 16 years old, uh, not every one of those people that is in the band at that time is it their dream uh, to become a touring musician. You know, some people did it and found out, oh, yeah, I don't like being away from home. Or some people did it and went, and just the road drove them crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's really a thing. We call it getting the road madness. Yeah. And, you know, some people aren't um, set up to, to do this. Um, some people had families. Uh, Matt Long uh, had two kids. Scott has two kids. And Dan has two kids. Uh, and I think Andrew Gonzalez has about uh, six or seven hundred kids around <laughs> the world. But, uh, oh, gosh. It is. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, when you're in a job where you can drink and uh, smoke pot, do you, nobody's putting the uh, reins on you to not have you do anything that you want to do. So you can't go crazy out here. You can't, uh, you know, drink yourself to death. You can't, uh, uh, you have to have a certain constitution and know yourself uh, to be able to function in this environment and to do it well. Um, if you don't want to do it well, uh, that's a whole different story. You can just self-destruct and, uh, you know, maybe there will be an MTV behind the music or, or VH1 or whatever, whatever the network is because now they're combined. MTV Classic probably does that. Right. Uh, I think I think it is a, a classic thing now. Something... Something along those lines. I don't know. I haven't honestly watched MTV or VH1 in a long time, but yeah, they're owned by the same company. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so you either have to be a professional uh, drinker, which some of us are, or a professional mo- moderator and be able to do this and and keep an even keel and be able to play the shows. Uh, because the most important thing we do every day is play the shows. There's all those people that are coming, you know, uh, you don't want to disappoint them. And you guys have done... Do that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have done a fantastic job over the years. I've seen Real Big Fish somewhere between 15 and 20 times. I've lost count. Um, And uh, so since, you know, the first time in 2001 going to uh, 2016 now, like you said, it's not the same show. It's improved so much. Um, Aaron's gotten much better at what he does, and then he's gotten, you know, other... um, different musicians to, to come in and do amazing performances and, and recording as well. So, um, you know, if you saw Real Big Fish years ago, you got to go see him again because you'll be, you know, you'll be blown away, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like Real Big Fish on steroids now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, we are we are yoked. We are yoked Real Big Fish now. <laughs> Shoot the steroids. Ooh. Um, and put down the mess. Exactly. Yeah steroids and uh stay away from the meth um so yeah exactly <laughs> i gotta ask you um before you guys hit the road for this uh 20th anniversary tour for turn the radio off uh did you guys do any rehearsals to go over some of the tunes nope no Not really okay because i know yeah. i know sometimes uh, I, I i know you guys are on the road all the time so i know you always don't get time to rehearse before yeah. you hit the road just the way that it works we don't all we, we all live near each other, aside from Billy. Billy lives in New Hampshire, and that makes it hard. Um, we've all played these songs before, and so it, it just comes down to everybody doing their homework uh, and then having a really long sound check and running to them a couple times and going, okay, yeah, this, this is different. This is, uh, you know, me telling Billy and Matt what's going on in the recordings because the recordings are really difficult to... Uh, uh, to figure out what's going on, some some of it's kind of jumbled and, and buried, and, and you can't hear it. Uh, so we did it all at soundcheck, and uh, it worked out really well. We had two shows uh, before this tour started. We did a beer fest, the East Valley Wine Festival in San Diego, and then we did the Beach Golf Fest in Santa Ana. So it was nice to have those two shows, but we didn't play. We didn't get a soundcheck, so we didn't play any of these songs until or. or the songs that we haven't played in a long time until we played the first show of the tour in Tucson. Yeah. And uh, it went really well. The, the one bummer was that, uh, unfortunately, Billy's 
grandfather had passed away. Oh no! But, like, like right, uh, like it might have been on Sunday, and so he had to fly out uh, to go to the funeral and be with his family for a couple of days. And so it was just Matt and I. Uh, so we were we were a bonerless porn section uh, <laughs> for that for that moment, and uh, so. That sucked, and you know it, it's just how life is. Sometimes uh, you can't be there when you want to be there, and you've got m- more pressing things to do. Like he needed to be with his family. Right. Well, our uh, our condolences got- to Billy for sure, and his family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I brought up the the rehearsal question is because I know I mean I've heard most of these songs played live by Real Big Fish before on the Turn the Radio Off record, except for maybe like. Say 10, I'm thinking. I don't know if I've ever heard Say 10 live. So I was just wondering if you guys had to, like, you know, go over some of these songs, you know, a couple times in order to, to uh, you know, to, to polish them up for the, the live show. Yeah, we played in the sound check, uh, and everybody fortunately did their homework. We don't <laughs> have anybody that, uh, that just tries to wing it, because uh, that's not professional and... Uh, I'm happy that that we could go and play through the, those those songs, play through Scott Hannock, play through you say ten, uh, play I'll Never Be, uh, and do those because we haven't done those in so so long. We have we've done this before. We did this in Boston. Uh, oh gosh, Scott was still in the band, so it's got to be six or seven years ago. And Aaron didn't announce it. He didn't say we're now playing turn the radio off from front to back and we just played the show and nobody knew that we did it wow Uh, (laughs) 2,500 people nobody had any idea what we were doing so this time we're telling everybody that we're playing turn the radio off from front to back so everybody can be excited about it (laughs) right well yeah of course obviously it being 20 years and all and uh, of course you guys usually play Oh gosh! Sometimes twenty to twenty-five songs in a night, right? Yeah, yeah, it it can get up there, depending on how much time we have. Right. So you'll definitely hear more than just turn the radio off on this tour. Um, what's your favorite song? Oh, yeah. To what's your favorite song to play off of uh, that album? Do you have a favorite? Off that record? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love to play beer just because as soon as Aaron starts to play that, it's our part. Uh, Star line. Everybody just goes crazy. Don't they? There is, is is the tune that has the least amount of horns. Well, aside from nothing, which has no horns on it. Uh, right. Uh, that the horn part wasn't made by the horn players. It was made by uh, the producer, and he chopped those horn parts together and and added them. Uh, so it, it, it's not it's not like a uh, a trumpet, trumpet rewarding song to play. It's just the crowd. How much the crowd loves that, and I love that song. It's such a great tune. It is. It's just a fun, you know, party song, and it's a song everyone knows, obviously, because that's under a sellout. Beer is like their next most popular hit that everyone knows. I would say, anyway. I think beer is the the most popular song that we have. Oh, you, you think know, so? That sellout yeah. was yes, absolutely. Uh, if we don't play beer, people get angry, and, and not just a little angry. They get really, really mad. And <laughs> it's, it's so true. Where beer has been on the end of the set. We played a festival in 
I think it might have been the Download Festival in uh, in England at Donington Racetrack. And uh, beer was at the end of the set, and we were the second last band to play. Uh, Iron Maiden was playing at the time that we were playing. Oh, and my our gosh. Tent was, <laughs> was overflowing with over 10,000 people. It was ridiculous that all those people would come and see us and not Iron Maiden. That is crazy. Uh, and... We get right to the end of the set, and they cut us off. Oh, man. And and so the, the next band could come up and play. And the whole crowd just booed and threw stuff. Oh, they were so mad just because they wanted to hear beer. <laughs> That's, that reminds me of like uh, in the, the Blues Brothers movie when uh, the Blues Brothers start playing their song instead of playing like any country or western and everyone's throwing their beer bottles and getting all angry because it's oh, not, yeah. you know, <laughs> was it kind of like that? Yeah. Wow. Chicken wire. Oh yeah. Yeah, chicken <laughs> the chicken wire. Um so I speaking of beer, I remember the I'm pretty sure the first time I met you was about 10 years ago and it was at Congress. Uh, uh speak of the devil. Yeah. Um and we were uh-huh. talking about what your favorite beer was and I think at the time you said Dosecchi's. I think it was you or, or someone oh. else in the band Dosecchi's. Are you still a Dosecchi's guy? Or are you uh venture into uh, other I beers now? I, I would have never said Dos Equis ever in in my life. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was Dan then. I don't know. I'm trying to. Remember. I could have swore it was you. It must have been. Yeah. See, Dan we were, was there. We, maybe it was we, Scott. We were, I don't know. We were definitely early in our beer nerdy stuff at that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm not like a Pilsner guy. Uh, maybe maybe I said a Pacifica with a lime. That that could have been okay. really early on. Yeah. With my beer drinking <laughs> uh, uh, apparatus. Sure. Uh, but but I'm a huge fan of Belgian beers. I love oh, okay uh, the, the super bubbly, high alcohol uh, Belgian doubles and triples. I love like Saint Bernard's Twelve. I love uh, uh, Gang's uh, Brother Thelonious. I, I, I love La Fin du Monde. I love all these real bubbly, champagne type beers that are just excellent. That that give you a headache if you have too many of them. <laughs> I agree with you, man. If I'm going to drink a, a beer, I, I kind of, like you were saying, on that, that bubbly uh, thing going on. I, I like that with my beer, for sure. Yep. So, um, now... I, uh, some of these questions that uh, I got... Uh, I got some fan questions for you, if you don't mind answering some of them, Johnny. Sure. Um, now, some of these... Uh, kind of pertain more to Aaron, so I'll kind of veer away from those because they're kind of about the obviously the earlier days before you were in the band. Um, That's okay. I know all the questions. I, I, bet. I know all of them. I've, I've been in the band a long time. I was going to say, you probably heard enough stories from the early days to actually answer these. So, yeah, I take that back now. Um, okay. So, let's... Uh, all right, let's start with um, Elisa. Uh, it says... Uh, Tell me about uh, the making of Everything Sucks, the video, the music video. Um, did you guys really uh, make it with $5,000? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like all the Real Big Fish videos. That's the, that's the absolute budget on all the ones that we've done. Uh, yeah, you know, um, at that time there was a little more help from the record label, so they could have contributed, but pretty much... The entire time, it's been us paying for everything. Uh, and, and so that can be really rough uh, to make, to do new stuff. If everybody wants to be able to uh, 
uh, pay their mortgages and pay their rents and be able to put food on the table. So, yeah, uh, I definitely believe that that was true, that, that it was on a shoestring budget, five, five grand sounds about right. Uh, and it, it's always fun to have everybody together and do something that's slightly different. Every one of these video things that I've been involved with, it's always uh, a good time to get us together and and let sometimes the different part of us come out, or and or the stage persona come out uh, a, a little more intensely. Uh, and so they're always fun. I agree. There's nothing like a real big fish music video. That's for sure. Ever ever since this this the uh, turn the radio off music or uh, music videos, they've they've always been entertaining and fun, just like your live shows for sure. Um, I do yeah. have a, a question for you though. Um, talking about sellout, uh, which was you know a huge hit, peaking uh, high on the uh, Billboard charts 20 years ago. I think it went to number 10. Um, now, like the lyrics in sellout, are they really comparable to uh, you know like the uh, band's experience with Mojo Jive Records? Like, was it a sellout type situation? Well. As far as like, not necessarily like that you guys no, no, were no, no, selling I, out, no, but no. I mean like, yeah, um, I, uh, sorry, go ahead. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's more a reflection of the attitudes that were going on uh, from people in other bands or people in the scene when people got somewhat successful that, uh, you know, when people see somebody do something that they would like to do, but they're not doing it. Sometimes they can be cynical. Uh, and, and that's kind of what, what it's about. Uh, was it a sellout situation? Did we make millions of dollars from, uh, from that record? No. Uh, we've barely seen any royalties from that record at all. And that one record has sold... It, it, I don't think it's gone platinum yet. It's probably really, really close. Uh, uh, you know, to selling a, a million records is probably sold eight or nine hundred thousand. Uh, and the music industry isn't what uh, everybody thinks it is. It, it, it's not this golden wonderland that uh, everybody is making millions and millions of dollars. It's just like any other job. You have certain people that make a ton of money, and then you have other people that make like a normal, uh, you know, what, what's, what the United States government calls a, a median wage. And uh, that, that's real big fish. That has always been real big fish. Uh, you know, we're not going around in limousines and, and uh, retiring to our mansions. We all live in regular neighborhoods with other working class people. Uh, so, you know, it's a reflection, uh, you know, other bands in Orange County that, that really did make a lot of money. That's like no doubt. Yeah. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, and, and, and Sublime. Yeah. yeah. Those people uh, were able to uh, do really, really well um, from those records that they made. Um, and we are still a, a hardworking band that has to tour to put food on the table. Uh, that's why we tour so much is because uh, there's no other way for us to, to make money because we're not selling millions and millions of records. Right, exactly. Uh, or or hard, hardly any records um, anymore. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So it's just, you know, uh, 
shower break kind of reflection of what the scene was at that time. Right. I think people know more about how the music industry works and how that artists are getting taken advantage of uh, just by, you know, by social media and, and, um, and having that tell the story of artists. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the lawsuit that Harry Shearer, uh, the, uh, the amazing Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap is suing his record company uh, that Spinal Tap was on for back royalties. Really? Uh, no, I didn't hear on, about that on one. The movie, on, on the movie and on the recordings and the merchandise that they've done. Uh, can you guess how much each member of Spinal Tap has made from uh, royalties for that movie and all the merchandising from Spinal Tap? I, how much they've received? I'm guessing it's it it's probably just some thousands, and it should be higher than that, right? It's eighty four dollars. Eighty four dollars. Oh my god! Each member of the that band. Those guys have earned $84 in royalties over 30 years. Wow. That, that movie came out in, in, in 84, I think. And the record company won't give them accounting of where all, where all the money went. Uh, That's ridiculous. And, and that band has sold many more records than really Fish has. That, right. You know, that, that movie is a, a cult classic, so yes. they've done... Or, or supposedly have done really, really well. And uh, it, it takes somebody that has uh, enough money to hire a lawyer that they can pay for a lawyer to fight the lawyers for the record company to get back royalties. This is just the way that, that uh, the music industry works. And it's, it's really sad that businesses uh, are operating this way to take advantage of those people in a position least able to fight for themselves. Yeah, I agree. I guess that was kind of uh, when I was asking the question about the, the sellout thing, because how it's portrayed in the sellout music video, it's kind of like, you know, you're selling your soul for pretty much nothing, and they just kind of own you and, and take advantage of you, and you do uh, what they want you to do. And I didn't know if, like, when Real Big Fish signed onto Mojo Jive Records, if it was actually really, like, similar to that, how, you know, they kind of... Uh, stifled, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. The, the stifling, like putting their foot on top of us and not be successful, um, didn't necessarily happen. But but what they did do was nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the, the band didn't get tour support. The band didn't get uh, 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 radio support. The band didn't get any support support from the business that. Uh, made this record contract to help the band be successful. It did a little bit, but, you know, while while the third wave was was coming up, and there was some some help uh, for a little while. But as soon as things, you know, that they saw the industry changed, you know, it, we just got shuffled lower and lower and lower onto their roster of artists, and um, and it was harder and harder and harder to get any any type of help from them yeah i mean that's what it looked on on the outside i just wasn't sure if that was really how it was on the inside and uh something i've always wondered like the last record uh that was with the label uh the the one that you were on um we're not happy till you're not happy um that record it really stands out 
to um on its own really compared to all the other albums that real big fish has put out because it's very more jaded sounding than usual kind of angry and bitter and i'm wondering if that was kind of on on purpose to like get dropped from the label be like look you know this is really how we feel and you know they're going to hear this album they're going to be like okay let's finally drop these guys and give them what they want kind of thing i didn't know if that Uh, was done kind of on purpose yeah, but part of making art is it's a reflection of life. And uh, so, yeah, part of that anger is in there. But at that point, they just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, and and they weren't taking these songs as a reflection of the relationship from the band and the record company. They're just going, oh, we don't hear a hit. We don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And and, and, I, uh, and I feel like, you know, Real Big Fish tried to do that with, uh, you know, in song, or in the records Tear Up and, uh, you know, uh, Why Do They Rock So Hard? You know, they, they tried to oh, yeah. to conform to uh, what the label wanted, um, and they still were just like, meh, we don't care. It's, it's kind of what it seemed like anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and those records are awesome. Those they are, are. Some of my favorite Real Big Fish records. Yeah. I love Why Do They Rock Songs. I love Cheer Up. Yep. Uh, they were recording Cheer Up while I was playing with the Forces of Evil with Aaron. Oh, okay. It was neat to hear all, all the uh, the preliminary mixes and and get to hear those songs. Uh, and uh, that the actual song Cheer Up, I think, is my favorite uh, Real Big Fish song. Really, out of all of them? Real Big Fish song. To play live, okay. Uh, just because I loved hearing uh, uh, the beginning guitar lick and the, the drum part and and Derek uh, playing his, his bass, I love that. That uh, just the way that the opening of that tune feels—it's so much fun. Yeah, that's one thing about Aaron. Like he, his guitar licks are just amazing, and he's one of my uh, biggest influences as far as you know guitar playing because I'm a, I'm a guitar player as well. And uh, he was always one of the ones in like, <clears throat> excuse me, in like the the top five that I would always you know look up to. Yeah, he's got some great shots. Uh, he's a really talented musician, uh, and uh, he's got a great pair of ears. Um, and he loves, you know, he loves the band. He loves uh, the craft of it. He loves, you know, playing guitar. Um, it's so much fun to get to do what we do and it's easy uh, for some people after doing it for 25 years to go oh I had to play this song it it always makes me laugh when I hear somebody that has a hit song that they don't like playing that hit song yeah Um, this this is the song while you have a career uh, yes you have other songs but you have to embrace this and realize that people love uh love your music and it just happens to be that this one caught uh so it should be a privilege every time uh you get to play it you, you know like every time we play every time we play beer and everybody just screams when Aaron starts and plays that guitar part every time he does that it gives me goosebumps yeah every time <laughs> uh, it's just an amazing I, thing to I be a part goosebumps. of yeah i got goosebumps just thinking about it and uh <laughs> it's really special and so if we can uh, be a positive influence on people's lives with with the music that we make, uh, I know that I'm doing something good in the world, and I will continue to do it. 
Well, I, I will tell you personally, uh, Johnny, uh, it's been a huge positive influence on my life. Is If it wasn't for Real Big Fish, um, I wouldn't be inspired to do all the things that I've done musically and, and even just doing, you know, this this podcast and talking about how much I, I love music. I mean, I wouldn't be doing it because Real Big Fish has just been one of those main inspirations for me. So I got to give you a big thank you for that and tell you that it is working. <laughs> Oh, good, good, good. Thank you so much. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, every now and then, uh, we put a, 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 a beer festival, the Fantan Brewing Fest in uh, in Chandler, Arizona, a, a suburb of Phoenix. Okay. And we just finished the, the, the set, and uh, there was a parking garage uh, that was backed up against uh, where the stage was. And so there, there were some fans back there, so I went over there, and there's... Uh, People are on side of autographs, and then there's this woman who's who's crying and hyperventilating. And uh, I, I went, "Are you okay?" She's all, uh, "I was in in the army and in Afghanistan, and you guys helped me get through that uh, period of my life. That was really hard for me. So I ran around. I went, hold on. I ran around the fence and came over and and gave her a hug and talked to her for a long time. Wow. Uh, how special is it that we are able to help people get through any bad part of, of, of your life? It's so special. We are so lucky that people identify with our music, and um, it's doing good things for people. It's, uh, you, you have to keep it in perspective and really appreciate how awesome it is. And it seems like you've always been uh, good at doing that, Johnny. It always you always seem to represent that well. You represent the band so well. I seriously, when you joined the band back in '04, I was so excited because you just had you have this great presence on stage that you just instantly you know put a smile on your face, or you put a smile on my face, you know, seeing you up on stage because you're so happy to be there and be entertaining everyone. I know what it's like to have a regular job that I don't enjoy. I went to music school, and uh, and things didn't work out for me in music school, so I, I left and was just playing games and teaching lessons and, and working odd jobs. And I always wanted to be, uh, you know, a, a rock star with a, with a trumpet in my hand. You know, <laughs> I had heroes like Doc Severinsen and Al Hurd and Harry James and Dizzy Gillespie and... Uh, and uh, Louis Armstrong, and these guys were all rock stars with trumpets in their hands, and uh, I get to do it through real big fish, and I'm really lucky to get to do it. Yeah, if I ever pick up trumpet again, I used to play when I was in uh, high school and, and grade school. I'll give you a call and see if I can get some lessons from you, because I think about it from time to time. I miss playing it, you know? Yeah, it, it's a, it's not one of those things that you can casually play. It's either you're playing all the time, Yeah. Uh, and it works, yes. or you're not playing all the time and it doesn't work. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's the thing. Like, I'm telling myself, if I pick this thing back up, I want to, you know, have it in my hand, for, you know, forever for you know, the rest of time. If I do it, I just don't want to you know, half-ass it, obviously. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I've been lucky to have some really great uh, trumpet teachers, and uh, one of my trumpet teachers, uh, Wayne Bergeron, who is... He's the top call uh, first shoulder player in Los Angeles doing all the uh, the movie soundtracks and on everybody's records and stuff. Oh, that's and so cool. He would always say that he would always say that uh, 
the trumpet is a jealous mistress. <laughs> and uh, th- there's nothing more true than that. If you, you leave her for a little while and don't pay attention, she's just going to slap you right upside the head. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> That's a very good uh, very good teacher for sure. Um, hey, Johnny, if, if you, do you have a little more time for some fan questions before you go? Sure. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, this one comes from Michael. Uh, how, who do you prefer touring with, Goldfinger or Less Than Jake? <laughs> oh, oh, Less Than Jake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, they are so awesome. Such great guys. Um, uh, such a great band. Being out on work tour with them was a dream. Uh uh, Matt and Billy and I played with them every day. We played uh, uh, a song with them at the end of their set every day. Uh, you know, it, it takes a uh, professional to spot another professional. To, it's, this is my pet theory. And, and less than check, they just get it. They are entertainers. They are musicians. Um, I, I see us in this long history of people that are uh, entertainers, like going all the way back to vaudeville and and the Marsh Brothers, and it's not just music, it's entertaining, it's a show, and uh, it's always a pleasure um, to be around those guys and watch them. I was watching them just about every day on the work tour, and they're just a band that brings a smile to my face. Yeah, Goldfinger is awesome. I I love Goldfinger, I love playing those songs. Um, uh, We are their de facto horn section, we just played with them... uh, uh, down in San Diego, right? And, yeah, down in San Diego. Yep. And uh, all those songs are just magical. I really love those songs. But they're just, just not quite as uh, easy band to tour with as Less Than Jet. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Goldfinger doesn't really, they don't tour anymore. They just kind of do one-offs here and there. And, and you know, Less Than Jake is still that, uh, kind of like you guys, you know, <laughs> constantly on the road. So they're a well-oiled machine. And like you said, yeah. man, they know how to entertain just like you guys do. And they're another band uh, for me that keeps, you know, keeps me going with inspiration. I've listened to all their records. I listen to them all the time. Uh, great guys. I met them uh, once or maybe twice. Um, always roll down to earth. Yep. Just cool to have a conversation with and hang out. So um, that's, uh, that's, yep. that's good to know. Um, so here's another one. This is from Maddie. Uh, says, uh, how do you stay so entertaining and um, think of so many jokes throughout the years? You guys are still so funny. Ah, that, that's one thing that Aaron is constantly watching uh, comedies, uh, whether it be TV, TV shows. He's just like a real fan of the craft of comedy. Okay. Um, and he, he's good at picking up how a joke works. Um it's just another one of his gifts that uh, he's able to recognize these patterns and pick up on them and then use it in a different way in what we do. Uh, so it's a lot, uh, many, many, many movies and TV shows that, that he likes to watch that he just takes ideas from. So it's not like is he? It's not like he's just constantly working on writing songs. He's constantly thinking of, of jokes and gimmicks and things like that. Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, after you watch enough things, things just pop up in your head. Uh, and I think he has that gift to recognize those things, and, and sometimes they're they're not conscious. They, they just pop up after you've uh, played so many shows and watched, uh, you know, watched the same joke over and over and over uh, in a different uh, 
and then you know like watching it on on a film or watching it on a TV show, and then you can use something that's similar uh, within our show. So it's just uh, he's just got a knack for it. Yeah, he does, because there's always something different every time I see you guys, and I'm always dying laughing. Yes. <laughs> it's always so funny. <laughs> it really is. Every yes. time, it, it always gets me. Um, the next question is, what is the most underappreciated ska band uh, of the last 20 years, in your opinion? Ooh, of the last 20 years? Yeah, I thought that was a good question. It's probably Fishbone. Fishbone? Yeah. But yeah, and this would be going back further than twenty years. It's going back almost thirty years. I was going to say, isn't uh, weren't they from the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a double-edged sword with those guys uh, because the band is so good, and they had such a hard time uh, keeping members. Uh, you know, having a band and and making money so everybody doesn't have to do other things. It's really, really difficult. And they're, those guys are really forward-thinking, and sometimes they, uh, they're they willing to try stuff out, um, and, and maybe to a fault, to where it, it loses an audience. Um, I think, as musicians, they're, they're one of the best bands uh, around, and I think they're one of the most underappreciated. Okay, that's not what I was expecting, but that's pretty awesome. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> here's another one. Uh, this one made me laugh. How will the next president of the U.S. impact the future of Ska and Real Big Fish? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, it, 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 it depends on who it is. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it most likely will be... Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Most likely a good thing, uh, because Donald Trump, uh, unfortunately, is uh, uh, a narcissist, if not psychopath. Oh, my gosh. Both of them are just, they they both bug me. I don't know how you feel, but both of them, in their own ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a weird time. Don't be afraid. Um... there have been many times in, in history where things have been equally as weird. The fights in between uh, Thomas Jefferson and uh, and John Adams were equally as outrageous. They were just uh, 200 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, how will it affect the bands? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, part of songwriting is a reflection of the times. Uh, but we're not a political band. Right. I mean, that, that's not not uh, not uh, what we choose to reflect. We're a more uh, a personal band. It's like what's going on with in in your life and what's going on within our lives, and not necessarily like what's going on in the world. Because there's enough bands that are like that that do it really well. Anti-flag, you know, one of those bands that is just spectacular and they're really oh, they're so and, good. Uh, uh, and we're going to be on tour with those guys in January, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be a Chicago date. Ooh, that's uh, ooh, that's some good news uh, right there. Yeah, just to let you know. Um, so it, it's not going to have an effect on us one way or the other. Okay. Um, we're we're going to still be talking about things that are going on inside your head, right? And and about things that happen to you in everyday situations. 
that will make you smile and laugh about yourself and realize how silly this whole life is. Yeah, and of course, we know if Hillary gets in office, and you might, uh, some of your emails that go out some to some of your booking agents and venues, they might get lost or deleted or something like that, you know. So, I mean, yes, that, that, that's highly possible. Yeah, it's highly, <laughs> it's highly possible. Somehow she'll hack into, you know, Rubik Fish's booking agent email, and there's going to be some that just disappear. And, yeah, anyway. Um, all right, here's... I, I think, I think... Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, no, uh, I'm I'm taking the pass on that statement that I, I think I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, what will the fourth wave of ska look like, and will it be as big or bigger than the third wave? Uh, yeah, it's going to take a scene. It's going to take uh, more bands uh, getting together. It, you know, it just happened that uh, we were in the right place at the right time. And it was, uh, I think, the, the whole ska scene is a reflection of, of not only the history of ska, but of the place and time that you're in. And uh, uh, California in the 90s, uh, you know, it, it's it's much different than it is in Chicago. You know, we have uh, 350 days of pure sunshine uh, and, the, and the beach, and I, I think that California is the most beautiful spot in all of the world. And if you haven't been out here, you need to come out here and visit Yosemite, and it will make your jaw drop. Um, uh, the fourth wave, it's going to take something similar happening in a different spot. you know. And it may not come from the United States. It may come from England. It, 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 you know, it may be like that. It may go back, you know, because started in Jamaica in the 50s, and then uh, it got transported to England in the, the 70s and the 80s, and then that got transported here to California, uh, here to the United States in, in the 80s and the 90s. So it's going to take another band having a radio hit, or, or, or like some type of YouTube hit, um, and starting a scene for... Uh, there to be a fourth wave. Yeah. But it's all cyclical. You know, right. sometimes we think that, that oh, this is the end of it. No, you can't keep <laughs> this music down. You can't keep music that people want to come to and smile and dance at down. I think uh, a lot of journalists, shall we say, don't take what we do seriously, and that, that kind of bums me out. It bums me out, too, uh, yeah. Uh, I think the music that that we perform is valid. It's helping people's lives. It's fun. It takes you out of your everyday. Um, you, you know that most people, a lot of people's lives just suck. And if they can come to a real big fish show or put on a real big fish album and smile for a minute, that is uh, making the world a better place. Um, and I think those people that don't take us seriously haven't seen us play live and i think that's a mistake yeah i agree with you because if i'm in the worst mood in the world and i put on a real big fish record or if i go to a real big fish show mood instantly better does no questions asked yeah. that's all it takes yeah <laughs> definitely all it takes all right i'll, I'll throw one more at you um 
What's an interesting fact that most people don't realize is a part of being in a ska band in 2016? An interesting fact. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe it could be like, um, what's something you know most people don't realize about you know real big fish? Something that most people as- assume that's incorrect, or you know, you could throw it that way too. Uh, as it's our job, as silly as that sounds, this is what we do for a living. It's our job, and we're just like all the rest of you. We wake up. Uh, and have to put on our clothes and go to sound check and uh, it's not always easy. This job is definitely not always easy, especially when you, when the whole thing gets sick and we can't we can't call in sick. No. <laughs> and go, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel well. I'm not going to play the show. No, it, no, you're going to go on in spite of it. There's one show that I missed due to being sick and I had bronchitis and they took me to the hospital and I felt horrible that I was missing that show I felt like I let all my my brothers down uh, when I couldn't do that um, it's it's still a job it's still it's a career um, but it still has ups and downs it's still not easy all the time uh, especially that, that's the big thing for me is getting sick yeah, because then, then it's hard to sing it's hard to play trumpet uh, trumpet's really really a physical instrument and uh, it just makes things really hard and you still have to go out there and put on your smile uh, and and put on this awesome show that we do and not let anybody know that you're sick um, fortunately always after we're done playing you always feel better no matter what, after jumping around for an hour and a half, uh, you definitely uh, feel better than, than when you started the show. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a high or something. You know, you got this high after you've done something so uh, full of adrenaline. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and it, it gets you on through. As soon as, as, soon as uh, the, the lights come on, you hear the crowd, it's, uh, it's like flipping a switch. And... Uh, uh, we're again very lucky to have people that come up to the shows and and support us uh, because without having great fans like everybody that's listening to the podcast, yeah, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. I I agree, man, and and we thank you uh, for you know pushing yourself when you when you have to or when you need to when you when you're sick like that, and um, you know it means yep. it means a lot to us. That's for sure. All of us fans that go to the shows, so. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of, you can uh, check out Real Big Fish on their uh, 20th anniversary of Turn the Radio Off. Uh, they're in, you're in Omaha tonight, right? We are in Omaha tonight. Omaha. Omaha. Oh, is it Omaha or Omaha? Yeah. Omaha. Okay. Omaha. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Middle of cornfields. Um, of course, that's really, that's really anywhere in the... Yeah, anywhere in the Midwest, really. Um, and then I'll, I'm going to be seeing you guys tomorrow night. I'll be at the uh, Palatine show at Dirty Nellie's, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, great. Yeah. And well, then, make sure you say hi. Yeah, no, I, I plan on it for sure, especially, uh, you know, after doing this podcast, Johnny. It, it, you know, it really means a lot to me that you took the time out from your busy schedule and everything, because I know, I mean, I've been on tour before. I know what it's like. There's always something going on, something you got to do, so... Uh, you know, thank thank yep. you so much for that. Um, well, we will have a beer tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be great. 
That'd be great after the show. That, that bar, I'll be there. The bar in the front of Dirty Nellie should be open, and they have really, really good beer. Yes, they do. Dirty Nellie's is is a really one of the. It's one of the best, you know, places in the Chicagoland area for sure for like music and just even just to hang out. So. Yeah, it is a good venue. Um, and they're uh, the twentieth anniversary tour for Turn the Radio Off. It's going to run through uh, the nineteenth, and you can go to uh, Real Big Fish dot com uh, at all the dates and to get tickets and and all that fun stuff too. And uh, of course, you guys said you got a tour with Anti Flag coming up in January, so that's really exciting as well. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I don't know if I could have, uh, if it, I was allowed to tell you, but I told you. I let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> Whoops. Cat's out of the bag. Oh, <laughs> <Yep>. well. <laughs> um, but uh, before you go, um, I do have uh, one last question for you. I was going to ask you earlier uh, pertaining to this tour. Are any of the original members possibly going to be joining you on any of the dates? I know Scott joined you guys uh, on some New York City dates. Uh, was that a couple of years ago, right? Oh, the last time we were in New York City, he came out and and played. That's what I thought. Uh, so okay. every time, as, as long as as uh, he he doesn't have a prior commitment, he'll come out and play. Uh, Dan uh, mm-hmm. will come out and play if we have a, a Southern California show. Okay. Uh, and and those two guys uh, still love the band and and uh, want to come out and play. So. Uh, there's no Southern California date on this tour, but maybe in January, maybe Dan will come out and play a song with us. Okay, and yeah, actually, and there's no New York. There's no New York date either. I don't think for uh, well, there's yeah. no there's no New York City date. I should say there is a uh, New York date, but not in the. I don't know. Is Scott in New York City or is he just in New York? Yeah, no, he lives in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Well, my so brother lives in Brooklyn. Okay. Ah, great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so if we play at the Brooklyn Bowl or play at the Sony uh, PlayStation Theater, okay, uh, you will come out to those shows. Okay, cool. So no, maybe in January. Yeah, I was going to say January. maybe in the winter. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yep. well, uh, Johnny a Christmas, trumpet player from Real Big, Real Big Fish. Uh, once again, man, I can't think he's uh, enough for coming on to uh, Pop Punk and Pizza here and, and talking about the, the 20th anniversary of uh, Turn the Radio Off because that record changed my life i remember you know being a little kid just putting that record on repeat and then doing that with every record that's come out since then that rubik fish has has put out so um i Uh, thank you so much no no thank you and uh i will uh i'll look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night it's always a good time so and we will have a beer and listen to beer yeah there we go we can have uh one of those belgium you can uh show me or Yeah, tell me which uh, Belgian beer you like the most, and I'll try it, and I'll see see what I think of it. So, so yeah, we cool. can change your life tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you can change my the what I drink. This could be a life changing moment. <laughs> it could be. I mean, it's going to change my body. It's going to do all kinds of things for me. So, we'll yeah, see. absolutely. Some of them been good. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else uh, you want to say to uh, everyone before we go, Johnny? Uh, if you have a band that you love, uh, go see them live. Go uh, support them in some way. Uh, I know it's hard with uh, how easy it is to get music now, but go see that band live because it will change your life. Yes. And uh, you're helping that band stay alive so they can continue to make great music for you. Um, go buy a T-shirt. Uh, buy a record if you want. Um, and uh, so we can all continue to make great music for you. 
Yeah, merchandise is key at a show. That helps out bands a lot besides buying a ticket to their show. If you buy, you know, a shirt, whatever it is from their merch table, it it goes a long way. So um, especially considering there's usually a lot of fans don't even realize this, but um, the venue will charge a merch rate at um, usually most venues. So like they'll take 10% of their merch sales. So, um, you know, so if you buy something... 80-20? Okay. 20%. I remember when I was doing a tour with, uh, you remember the band Trapped? They had the yeah. the song uh, Headstrong. It's huge back. Yep, we played shows with them. Okay. Oh, really? Wow. Um, yeah. I, uh, I was working on, on a tour with them for about three weeks, and I was their merch guy. And uh, most of the... Ah, great. <laughs> yeah, most of the venues were like... Between sometimes they were ten, sometimes they were fifteen, sometimes sometimes they were twenty. I guess it depended on where you were at, and uh, that yeah. sort of thing. But it, uh, you know, it's always a. Uh, I mean, I I get it, but at the same time, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know, but it's business, so it's understandable. It, it yeah. All right, Johnny. Thank you so much again, man. Johnny Christmas, trumpet player for Real Big Fish, and uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, man. Okay, we'll yeah. have beers. Talk yeah. to you later. All right, man. Bye. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. Bye-bye. Unfortunately, Johnny and I didn't get to have that beer we talked about, though. I I actually waited for him. After the show, I couldn't find him, uh, and I wanted to say hello. I'm sure there'll be another time, Johnny, because I'll definitely be going out to some more Real Big Fish shows. Um, But before I leave you um, today, I I do, I I completely forgot to ask Johnny about his uh, pop punk pick of the week, and I always ask my special guest what they're currently listening to and jamming out to this week, and I completely forgot to ask him, but I want to go ahead and uh, give you mine. Pop Punk Picks of the Week. Three, two, one. So my Pop Punk Pick of the Week is actually a ska band that I saw at the Real Big Fish show. They're currently on their Turn the Radio Off 20th Anniversary Tour. They're called Stacked Like Pancakes. They're a newer ska band from the East Coast, and uh, I thought they were really good. I, I enjoyed them very much. I bought their record, which is called This Is Us, and the song that I'm digging from it, it's called It's Too Late. And if you like what you hear, you can go to stackedlikepancakes.com. And all their links are there to their social media, their music, and all that stuff. You can stream them on Spotify. You can uh, buy them on I- buy their record on iTunes. So yeah, uh, stacked like pancakes. It's too late from their This Is Us record right here at Pop Punk and Pizza on BangerangRadio.com. We are our own worst enemy But it might take more than a shitty cliche To say it all and say it right So give us your attention for a minute or two A little intervention never hurt you These are the words of an undead nation And the least you could do is pick up your feet and move I 
Okay, slow down, feel it out, welcome in some new sounds. I compose every line decomposing time, this time I can feel it. You know what? Never mind. I want to keep it to myself. I can run it by you, but I need it for my health. I'm a king designing signs that point to one thing. I'm not normal. You're not normal. Cause we're surrounded in more immoral leaders and liars and thievers. Oh my, but we can still dream. Let me show you what I see. Cause people telling me what I can't do is what fuels me. It's too late. It's too late. Oh, it's too late. Somebody already opened up the door. I thought I wanted it more. It's too late. It's too late. Oh, it's too late. Somebody already opened up the door. I thought I wanted it more. It's too late. It's too late. Don't ever tell me it's too late. Just tell me what it's like on the other side. There you have it, my pop-punk pick of the week, Stacked Like Pancakes. Uh, that's their song, It's Too Late, from their latest record, which is called This Is Us, came out last year, and they're currently on the 20th anniversary tour for Turn the Radio Off with Real Big Fish, so you can find them uh, through November 19th, I believe. You go to real-big-fish.com to buy tickets for that tour if they happen to be coming a city, to a city near you still for this tour. If not, as you heard in uh, the interview with Johnny Christmas, They're going to be coming back out on tour in the winter with uh, Anti-Flag, which is pretty cool. I'm a big fan of Anti-Flag. The last time I saw them was with, uh, they did a co-headlining tour with Less Than Jake about three, yeah, it's been three years ago already. Um, And that was the first time I'd seen Anti-Flag in quite a few years, actually, and always impressed by their set. Really amazing tight punk band. But anyway, so just... One last time, thank you so much to Johnny Christmas, a real big fish, for coming onto the show and talking with me today. Hopefully, uh, next time you come out to Chicago, Johnny, we'll be able to have that beer and uh, say hi to each other. And hopefully, I'd love to have you back on the show if you're interested as well. Um, and also, just a quick reminder, please like Pop Punk and Pizza on all the, our uh, social media sites. You can follow us on Twitter at Pop Punk and Pizza Pod. Also, Instagram at Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook. And then uh, the Bangarang Radio Podcast Network. You can follow them on Twitter at Bangarang Radio. Also, uh, like them on uh, Facebook as well. And uh, if you're in a band and you're interested in coming onto the show or you want me to play some of your music, uh, if I like it, um, if I like what I'm digging um, by you... Um, you can definitely come onto the show. I, I try to keep it uh, as true as possible to what I like. Uh, so shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com, and we can get you on the show or get your music played for Pop Punk Picks of the Week. Um, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to work something out. So once again, I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pop Punk and Pizza on bangerangradio.com. And next week, I believe I'll be talking to Colin of Pop Punk Wayo um, from Chicago. And we're going to be talking about Yellow Card's final show in Chicago. That's coming up this weekend, November 3rd and 4th. They're playing two sold-out shows at House of Blues in Chicago, and I'll be going to one of them. So uh, we're going to be uh, talking about Yellow Card once again here on the show. And how could we not, since they're saying uh, farewell 
completely. They'll be done. The band will be done next year. So make sure you check them out on their uh, final world tour if you can. Yellowcardrock.com for uh, tour dates and all that fun stuff. Until then, I'll see you later. Hope you had a great Halloween as well. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.